I think that a lot of people don't really understand this about being an artist if you're not an artist is they think that you just get to have fun and make art all day and I definitely like used to get that approach a lot from people like early on in my career and just sort of like oh what do you have to complain about you're making art all day and all this stuff but being an artist is hard because there's a huge emotional tax you're literally putting like the depths of your emotions onto you know a screen you're putting it out there for anybody and everybody to decipher however they wish you know and that's extremely emotionally taxing on artists right like that's really hard one it's really hard to do but then sometimes it's hard to deal with the responses that you get from it welcome to the nft now podcast your go-to source to succeed in the fast-moving world of web3 i'm matt medved i'm alejandro navia and i'm sam heisel Each week, we interview visionary creators, builders, and collectors so you can stay up to date on the most important trends and tactics for the internet's next frontier. What's up, guys? Matt Medved here with another episode of the NFT Now podcast. Today, we've got a great guest for you all, Andre O'Shea, an amazing 3D artist and animator who started his career with Adult Swim and has become one of the NFT space's fastest rising stars. Uh, He's worked with the Grammys, he's sold at Christie's, and he's been embracing AI on a really exciting artistic journey for him that I'm excited to dive into. Before we do, I want to encourage you to sign up for our newsletter at nftnow.com. Each week, we distill everything happening into the space into actionable insights straight to your inbox to help you succeed. Without any further ado, Andre O'Shea. Andre O'Shea, the man, the myth, finally on the NFT Now podcast. We've been trying to make this happen for a while now, haven't we? Yeah, it's actually been a long time coming, but it's just, it, it always works in divine timing, though. And that's what I'll, that's just like the note I'll leave on it. I love that, man. Divine timing. I'm about that. Um, well, this timing certainly feels divine. I'm excited to get into it. we got a lot to talk about. But why don't we you know, start at the beginning, just give everyone a bit of a, of a background, kind of a brief intro. Uh, what was your journey into, into uh, NFTs, into creating digital art and beyond? Yeah, so I think that for me, my journey just as an artist very much started like very early on in my life. I'm talking like I don't know, maybe like six months old or whatever, but I sort of always knew that I was going to be a career artist and have a career as an artist and just doing creative work. So by the time that like, I don't know, I think I was like 23, I was done working like typical jobs and um, I started doing freelance work and um, I gained just popularity through doing my freelance work. And a lot of people were like, yo, have you heard of these NFT things? You know, you should check it out. Your art would be perfect. You know, also, I'm a 3D animator. And at the time, 3D was what was so, so popular in NFTs. So um, that's how originally I got into it. A buddy of mine named Nikki Chulo, he he put me on. And, um, you know, that was February 2021. And here we are. Now it's May 2023. I've, I've also aged. 10 years in that time period. <laughs> Dog, I feel you. I feel like I've aged 10 years just in the past month or two. You know, it's been wild, but uh, well, Web3 moves fast, right? Can you believe NFT NYC was like two and a half weeks ago? That's insane. It doesn't, 
But what a time warp, right? Like if you had said two and a half months ago, I would have said that seemed soon, right? Um, exactly. Unbelievable. I always say weeks are months and months are year in this, in the, months are years in the space. And like, I, I really feel it. And like, I know you do too. And I know it, it's, it's a special, you know, especially from an artist perspective, you know, I think about when I first came across your art and, uh, you know, it, that wasn't that long ago, relatively, but it's been such an amazing journey. I know we've been able to do a lot together and that's been really special. Yeah. Yeah. So that must've been like September, 2021 when, when we had finally met and linked up so much has changed i just feel like the 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 art world has changed so much like the 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 landscape of just like general creativity yeah. has just been like shifted dramatically i agree and like i think back to that first gateway uh in 2021 it was so mm -hmm. awesome to have you be a part of that and be a part of that christie sale like i know that was a big moment and it's just been amazing to see you blossom as an artist since then and continue to just like shine in so many ways it's dope man yeah, I definitely think like I had I had a lot of good momentum going into Gateway. Like I've had a couple of cool projects like leading up to that, but I really felt like from that moment like it was a good platform for me to really springboard and really like kind of this is this is how this is this is the difference that I think it made for me. I had a lot of respect before the Gateway amongst my peers and amongst other artists. And after I did Gateway, I started, it, it allowed me to start to open other doors, right? To areas that I hadn't had access to before that, right? So for instance, the Gateway was with Christie's. Later that year, we do Christie's Art and Tech Summit. You know what I mean? It's just like those moments had really like sort of opened those doors to like, I don't know. I'd say like those, those backroom conversations that you only like sort of like think that are happening, but you're not like a hundred percent sure. And um, yeah. So what was that? That was Basel 2021. And it's been, it's been a circus. It's been a circus. Truly man. And, and uh, no, that makes me super happy to hear because that's what this is all about is kind of like opening doors, empowering artists. That's always been the mission for NFT now. And uh, we're just glad to, to have been part of your journey, man. Um, and so I would love to just hear about where that journey has gone. I mean, I mean, we linked up at the Grammys, you did the, you were doing <laughs> NFTs for one of like, you've been, you've been active, man. You've been having your, you've had your hands in a lot of different things. I'd love to hear about some of the, what have been some of the highlights uh, over the past year or two. Yeah, so the Grammy is definitely a big highlight. Um, now that you put me on the spot, it's kind of it's kind of hard to think about. But uh, Grammys, big one. Christie's Art and Tech Summit again, big one. I feel like I've been able to work um, with some really cool brands. Um, this might not be on the top of everybody's really cool brand list, but I've done a couple projects with Meta since then. One in particular was. Uh, their Black Creators Day, and they allowed me to create a whole installation that was interactive and um, immersive. I just feel like, you know, I've had an opportunity to do a whole bunch of cool stuff since then. And even just like collabs with my friends seem a bit more significant now and um, my own personal pieces and stuff like that. I love it, man. And I know that you have been... Uh evolving your own artistic approach as well. I know that you've been doing a lot with AI art. You've been uh, really exploring okay. some new areas. So I'd love to kind of hear like, what has that evolution been like? 
for me, like I've had a very long and full, like creative life. Right. Um, like I said, it's my creative, like journey started very, very young. And like, I was even in art schools my whole life growing up, you know? So I think that for me, expressing and trying new mediums has always been important to me. It's been, you know, part of like my ethos as a creator. However, when you get older and you need to do things like pay the bills, like it's super easy to conform to what works. And for a long time, like I'd been a 3D animator and remained being a 3D animator. I still love 3D animation. Um, but after a certain point, there was just, it, it got to be a bit too easy or a bit too much like clockwork. And here's the other thing. So that was one thing that was happening for me. The, the second thing is 3D can, can look too perfect at times. Right. And like, while I believe in like high aesthetic value, like I am not like trying to like push perfection, if that makes sense. Like my like idea as an artist is not to show you what perfection looks like, right? It is to show you what is aesthetically high value and extremely pleasing, right? But, you know, for instance, like when someone creates the most realistic landscape painting, like that's not, that's not what impresses me. It is impressive, but like, that's not what I'm trying to communicate as an artist. And so for a long time, I've been trying to break my 3d work, right? Just how can I break this in a way where it doesn't feel overly 3d or it doesn't feel overly perfect. Right. And so that started at the beginning of the year for me working on, um, a series of pieces and it's more so for me like a style blend or genre or something it was called experimental theater and the idea was for the 3d pieces not to look so 3d like to even for a lot of them to sort of look like i don't know like um 2d illustration or like illustrator work you know and um I still, I have maybe like 80 or a hundred of those pieces like made, like that are just like still not, not ready to be out there in the world yet. But I think that same pursuit also led me to find like AI and um, AI animation in particular. Yeah, man. I'd love to dive in that a little bit. Cause you know, we, when we think back back on it, I, I remember a very eye-opening conversation we had right here on the NFT Now podcast with Claire Silver uh, last year, where she like really opened up my eyes to the power of AI art. She said that like AI is like a camera for your imagination, which is something that really stuck with me. Wow, and yeah. I love it's powerful, right? And like I would love to hear from your perspective, like as you've started to really get into AI art and specifically AI animation. Um, what has that done, like, in terms of in empowering you within the creative process? I first started getting into AI probably about a year ago, early last summer. And I think that, like a lot of artists and a lot of creators, I was very skeptical going into it, not because of, like, the artwork itself, but I was skeptical of what people would think if Andre O'Shea was making AI art right? Like, internally, I was thinking people would 
value it less because they would say, well, Andre's already a talented artist in another medium. He's taking the easy way out by being an AI artist, right? And so I used to try to think around um, how I would use AI art. And in this time, like what I was doing is, and this is a part of like another collection that like I've yet to like debut. I don't know. Some things you just, the timing isn't right. But um, I would use AI as direct inspiration for 3D work, right? And what I was really interested in exploring is this concept of like collective consciousness that I think the AI represents, right? Because generative image AI is like an amalgamation of a bunch of images that we see on the internet, right? And so in theory, it is the collective consciousness of like us, right? Like if this is what we think a dog is, because this is, you know, most of the pictures of a dog in the world, this might be, you know, this is collectively what we are thinking, right? Or this is collectively what we see. And so at that time, I was really interested in also breaking AI, right? So what I would put into all of my prompts would be completely intangible concepts, right? Like um, indecisive was like a big one that I used to put in there, right? And just like, you know, I'd be like monochrome, indecisive, boom, or whatever. You know, I'd have to look back at what my old prompts were. But um, I was really sort of curious about exploring these sort of things that like we all know about, we all talk about, but we don't have a strong like. There's like this concept that like your red isn't isn't everybody's red or something like there's like a there's like a, a movie that's like called that or something like that. I was literally just talking to somebody about it, but um, that's, that's sort of how I was approaching AI about a year ago and um, how I'm approaching it now, like I said, is to not break AI, but to break 3d. And um, so then I'll touch on two things there. The first is, um, AI is more than just like type it and spit it out. I think that a lot of people who haven't experimented with AI think that AI is easy, right? They think that just because something else generated the image that like there was no skill to get to that image, right? And I think what's really interesting about AI is part of it is how well do you know the collective consciousness? Like, how well are you tapped into the world around you to be able to explain what you want, right? Um, and then I think the second part about it that is a part of my creative process and part of like what I want to push now about like the awareness of AI is like its interchangeability. And just like, for me, I do a lot of image to image because I will use like a lot of 3D images or video as like a baseline for what I'm making in a 3D animation. And the really interesting and cool thing about that is just by changing the prompt, you can change the whole video completely, even though the bones and the structure of it are the same. So I just did a thread on Twitter, I don't know, like five days ago or something like that just about how I animate an AI, but there was a, like a second layer after I finished the animation where I'm like, okay, but like, this was a really cool animation, but 
what happens if we turn this person into a zombie? Oh, but like, not only can we turn them into a zombie, we're going to turn them into a stormtrooper and we're going to change the background and we're going to change this. And the essence of those animations were the same, like the same actions were happening, the same timing was happening. But because it's AI and it can iterate on so many different concepts, seeming like seemingly instantaneously, you can you can change it that quickly. And I just feel like that also kind of like speaks to that like snapshot of your imagination because you're like, oh, but what if it had wings? Oh, but what if it was on fire? Oh, but what if there was a magic school bus? You know, and those are just sort of like how I'm thinking about AI in my creative process, but also like what, what messaging am I like, am I aware that I'm trying to give by being an AI artist? I love that, man. I love that. And it was like, it's so interesting here next, you know, I've, I've done my fair bit of, of, of playing around with uh mid journey GPT there and back again, you know, generating prompts for it. And like you mm-hmm. said, like people don't realize there's a real art to prompt writing, to like being able to take something from your head and put it into, uh, you know, into motion and into, into form. Um, and, you know, it, it's really, it's, it's, it's an incredibly powerful creative tool. And it, it's really cool to hear from an animation perspective, how you've been able to harness that. Um, and I know that you also have uh, a drop coming up uh, and uh, oh, you know, you, yeah, you've got it. It's the second super rare drop, right? And it's a new collection of of AI animation. So I would love to hear about it. Yeah, so this drop is actually uh, like a commentary on that interchangeability, right? There's, it is a collection of four unique animations as as is written down. And again, it's one 3D-based animation, right? Um, In particular, it is like of a car. Um, and then there will be three AI layered animations. Um, the first one, um, sort of represents the hours in a day and goes through, um, a day to night cycle. And that's, again, all of this is to show how you, how, how easy it is to exchange ideas via AI. Um, the second one is seasons in a year, right? So throughout the animation, it'll change from spring to summer to autumn to winter, right? And then the third one is sort of like societal reclamation, right? So it'll start from abandoned to reclaimed to utopia to like overgrown by plant you know, and just like that cycle as well. And the interesting thing about like this drop to me is one, like it, it, it fits into the cycle or artist journey that my super genesis sort of started that conversation started. That was about my journey in particular and sort of like, this was not my intention going into making that original piece, but like in that piece, like the world sort of expands and there's like this newness there. I was fully, fully planning on creating and putting out more 3d animations and, and so on and so forth. But then I got home, I think I was at South by Southwest when I dropped it. 
And um, I got home and I was just like super amped to try some three, some, some AI work. And now I feel like that new world that was represented in that piece has been like this new, like blossoming journey into AI for me. Right. But I think that this drop is also more universal in, in terms of like, it is a societal journey. It's a cultural journey. Right. And I think that that also is noted in the themes of each piece, talking about, one, each piece is centered around time, right? Day to night, the seasons, and then, in theory, decades or eons. I don't know however long reclamation really takes. but um, And each one gets progressively bigger and larger or whatever, but it it's it's a commentary on just like the cycle of creativity, um, driving forward, um, embracing new lanes, like really just like that expansion. And um, I don't know, that's what, it, that's what it's about. But also, like I said earlier, the interchangeability of AI iterating on different ideas and um, even if they remain the same, you know? So that's sort of like a long-winded breakdown of this drop, I hope that made sense yeah man i love it It like it really sounds like you're kind of like finding your voice as an artist you know and and really kind of like like kind of moving like exploring new mediums and new creative tools like that are kind of helping evolve that style and i think that that's like a really exciting thing i always tell everyone like my favorite artists are the ones who evolve like you know artists should evolve like you know like boundless creativity takes you to new places. Right. And so I think that that's really cool to hear. Um, I'd love to hear, you know, um, you know, how that, that, that process has been for you. Thank you for saying that, because I think for me, like this year has been another journey in and of itself. Like, I don't want to say rediscovering, but like, uh, like dusting off what my artistic, um, inspirations and motivations even are, you know, And for me, like, I'm realizing that a lot of my motivations and things that I want to explore in my artwork and the themes that I want to tackle are more so conceptual themes, right? They're less about, I want to tell this story and more about how can I make you think about this, right? Or, you know, I think that there's like, my favorite type of art changes how I think about the world not, oh, I'm impressed by this, right? And so I think that there's like this Virgil quote where he says like, and I'll just use this, for example, he had like a can, but I have a bottle of Fiji. Um, He said, you know, this is trash. And if I put it next to trash, it's going to look like trash. But if I put it in a in a all white room and put it on a pedestal, it looks like art. And um, those are sort of my motivations, right? Not not how beautiful is this can, but like how does like the world around us shift how we think about things, right? Um, And so that's just been sort of like another journey that like I've been going on, embarking on this year. Yeah, absolutely. And you're doing this journey against what has been 
a rather tumultuous and crazy backdrop. You know, when you think about the NFT space, you think about crypto and Web3 in general, obviously, we're in the depths of a bear market. Um, you know, there's uh, there's no shortage of like negativity and uncertainty and like ups and downs. So I'm curious, like, what has that been like for you to navigate, um, you know, from an artistic perspective? Interestingly enough, like, I know we're in a bear market, but I also like want to tell people it's not that bad. Like, the people who are here are the people who are supposed to be here and not like, you know, speculative weirdos. You know what I mean? Like the people who are here are the people that like want to be here. So I would say like, I don't know for me, like it is a challenging time. Yes. Like sales aren't as free flowing as they were in 2021 the opportunities aren't there. There are a lot of people bashing just like crypto in general. Just wait until I just 2024 crypto is going to be like up big, I feel like. But that's just due to like our own economic issues in America and how people can't trust our banking systems. A lot more people are going to trust crypto again. So I just one just wait on it. But like building in the bear has been so real. And honestly, like. I think it like that point was like like pounded into my brain. I think like through you, like I think I've just like read so many of your tweets where it's just been like GM to everybody building in the bear. Like, and I'm just like, you know what? Like last year was like a little bit slower for me because it was the bear, but also because like I was working on other higher level stuff than just like here's my new drop of, here's a new one of one. Like, for instance, I was doing that meta project, project with the Grammys, Christie's, whatever, right? But I wasn't, quote unquote, building in the bear. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't focused on, like, the grassroots building, right? And so I wanted to take that more seriously going into 2023. And I'll tell you, like, if you put the time in and the effort in, like, you will get the return that you think you deserve. Sometimes it takes longer than you think it will, right? Like, I've been big on Twitter. Like I've been on Twitter for before, before NFTs, I was like a Twitter user, you know what I mean? And last year my engagement dipped, you know, and picking my engagement up was a big goal of mine to start the year. I thought it was going to happen in a month. It took three, you know what I mean? Like, but you just have to be dedicated to it. Like, you know, I don't even remember what our, what our initial question was, but like just like the nft space it has some it has you know it, it it it's up against the ropes right now right like it's fighting back it's fighting for validity it's fighting to say you know yeah we're we're more than just like pfp projects you know um but if you're here and if you're dedicated to it like there is still an overwhelming amount of people and community that want you to succeed and want the space to succeed. So um, that's what it's been like, you know, my experience like shifting inside of like the bear, like you can build it now. Like, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to worry about making sure that your next drop sells for 25 ETH. You know what I mean? Like try new things right now, build your community, like share more knowledge and like all of those other issues won't be issues anymore and they won't be issues for long 
Yo, I, I totally feel that. And, you know, I, I have always said, you know, bear markets are for builders and like, you really feel it when you're in it. Right. And like, you know, oh, that's, yeah. A, yeah, man. Right. Like, and that's, that's actually one of the reasons why we wanted to to launch the now pass during a bear market. You know, a lot of people were like, yo, why are you doing that now? Like you could, you could get more later. And we're like, it's not about that. If we're going to super serve a community, it better be the real ones. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah, it's, that's, those are the people who are who are showing up day to day. It's the true believers, yeah. the ones who are here for the right reasons. And so uh, that definitely resonates with me, man. Yeah, if you're still here right now in the bear, you're my friend. Believe that's how I feel. And we can build together. Like, and we'll be better for it, you know? You heard it here we'll first. You, you, you are Andre's friend as long as you're listening to this within the bear, <laughs> within the bear market. You know, 2024, we can't guarantee that anymore. Hey, but. <laughs> the, Listen, the the friendship pass, the friendship mint right now is free, but like it might close and you might have to buy it off the secondary one. <laughs> Ooh, a little alpha there, a little alpha. Um, I, I love it, man. And I know you have some more exciting things coming up. There's this wild drop uh, in mm-hmm. May. I know you're speaking at VCon. Maybe uh, just speak a little bit to what's coming. Yeah, so VCon in a couple weeks, that'll be fun. Um to be honest, I think uh, I think I'll be talking about AI at VCon. I'm I'm like ninety percent sure. I honestly have to look over my itinerary again. Um, but also, I'll have some AI artwork on display at VCon. Um, I did I did like a an animated short um, recreating Cinderella. Um, so that'll be on display, and then. Um, about a week after VCon, I think the it'll be late May. I'm doing a drop with um, with a platform called Wild, and um, I'm really excited about that drop. Um, Wild is a newer platform. I'd say they've probably been actively minting for four to six months now. And all of last year, they were sort of building and building and in particular, what they do is um, they have a cohort of mentors and a cohort of mentees. And last year, I was able to be a mentor with them. And so um, part of that experience was um, being able to do a drop with them and really um, hone in on like a concept about what I want to do for a drop with them. Um, and I'm really excited about that one too, because again, we're talking about more conceptual level things. Um, and in particular, the theme of that drop is how does the market affect the art and vice versa, you know, and what is the relationship between art that's sold and the artwork itself? Um, so I'm really excited about that drop too. That's dope, man. Some super exciting things in the, in the works. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in the power of manifestation. I'm a big believer in like speaking things into existence. So I'm curious too, like, what are some like bucket list items or like some really like overarching big goals that, that like, that, that you, that you have for your artistic career, the, the kind of things that like, you're almost scared to, to say it, but like, you know, <laughs> when you feel it, you know? Um, I want to, I want to work with Nike. I just, it's been one of those things I've been wanting for so long and um, let, let's just fingers crossed it'll happen soon. Um, another one would be PlayStation. Love PlayStation. Love gaming. I Listen, I remember, I remember when my dad bought the, the PS1. Like, I remember 
we bought it from a blockbuster. Like I like boom. What world sign of the times? <laughs> <laughs> but um, a PlayStation would be a huge one. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of well. Those are those are my two right now. I mean, one thing that I've definitely learned um, in my journey is be careful what you wish for because sometimes you will get those opportunities and they're not everything that they're made out to be. Um, so I sort of my approach now is I like you said I have a few kind of bucket list things, ones that I won't let go of, and that is Nike and PlayStation and. I would say another one is probably like going back to Adult Swim. Like I would love to keep doing stuff with Adult Swim, but probably my own show and not just like some bumps. You know what I mean? So um, those are sort of like some some high level ones. But other than that, like I really am more so welcoming to cool opportunities that want to come to me rather than sort of like saying this is what I need. This is what I want. This is how I'm going to do this. Just because like, you know, there's like this, this, this expression, um, happiness is, um, is a product of expectation. And so I try now to kind of like go into my career, just focus on what I want to make today. And, you know, I'm just going to be surprised with the opportunities that do come to me as long as I'm being, you know, authentic consistent, you know, and like creating with integrity, those opportunities should be great. You know what I mean? So um, that's how I, that's how I've done things like work with the Grammys. You know what I mean? Like I didn't go out and say, Hey, somebody get the Grammys on the phone. You know what I mean? So um, just, just trying to be grateful for every, for every new opportunity. I love that, man. I've always said that like my life approach can be boiled down to like two, two really simple concepts. It's like stay open and don't force things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, if you just stay open, like opportunities will come to you that like, you know, the abundance, yeah. you're kind of like welcoming the abundance of the universe to like make shit happen for you. And then if, if something doesn't work, if, you, if it doesn't feel right, then like, don't force it, you know, move yeah. on. So I want to um, add just one more thing to that. And it's a little yeah. bit like, let's go. I need a third yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And and be kind. Don't be an asshole. That's the other thing. That's the other one. Big facts. Big facts. Um, Yeah, like, especially in this space where there are, you know, it's not that big of a space, you know, like, people, people know if like, if you're a real one or not, like, if you if you're, if you're like, you know, operating from a place of, of positivity and, and abundance and like, and uh, an uplift and and like sharing opportunities or you know we all know we all know people in the space who uh, are selfish or you know have uh, have have perhaps acted in a in a in a way that you know they're they're operating from a place of like of of, of lifting themselves up instead of every everyone up and like that that gets around you know yeah well the blockchain is forever right so mm-hmm. you need to be yourself like because that's forever. So, like... I love it, man. I love it. Well, look, like I think one thing too, you know, obviously AI is such a hot topic right now. And so many people are learning about it, exploring it, opening their minds to it. And obviously you have found uh, a really uh, exciting way to uh, embrace it and bring it into your creative process. I'm curious, like, 
Are there, is there any advice or insights you might have for artists in the space who are like looking to explore AI or looking to kind of dip their toes in the water, but aren't really sure where to start or how to fit it into their own respective art forms? Yeah, the the first the first piece of advice I would give is sort of similar to what you just said is be open, right? Like don't allow what you think AI is to be what AI is because AI has so many functionalities and there's so many different ways to use it that like it's not a singular centralized like place or like method even you know what i mean like i animate one way but you know other people animate a different way like i have a friend named tara moves who uses a different um ai animation method and a friend named art by well i'm saying art by Ja. i'm saying his at name (laughs) my friend Ja, he also animates in a different way that i do you know what i mean and um AI is vast, right? So my first advice is be open. My second advice is be hungry. Um, Go seek out the information that you want. Go see if it's there. Like, watch YouTube videos. Check on them every single day. You know what I mean? Because there's there's updates that come out all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I'll go out of town for the weekend, four days or something like that. And I'll come back and, you know, there's so many advances in, in stable diffusion alone, you know, that's what I used to animate by the way. But, um, so stay, stay open, stay hungry. Um, and then the other thing that I would say, the other piece of advice is, um, I don't know. Don't be an asshole. (laughs) Boom. Boom. It's always my always, piece of advice. <laughs> always a good piece of advice, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what field you study, no matter what your discipline is. I think that that's a that's pretty much a universal truth. No, it is, and this is why this is why I say that too is because um, there are a ton of decisions about your life that are made in rooms that you're not in. You know what I mean, and you want to make sure that like your character can speak for you in rooms that you're not in, you know? So that's why it's a, that's why I think it's important to like, like I said, the third, the third piece of advice is always don't be an asshole just because like, you know, if we, if we bring it back to the conversation about the Grammys, like, again, I didn't go out and say, I want to go do the Grammys. Somebody said, we have these lists of artists that we're considering for the Grammys. Oh, Andre, we would love to work with Andre, you know? Or for instance, if we take it back even further and we talk about the gateway, like, again, like that was a decision that like I wasn't in the room for, you know, like I did submit work to be, you know, potentially so I could be potentially selected, right? But like that decision didn't come down like that decision was made by people in a room that I wasn't in. You know what I mean? So um that's why for me like don't be an asshole is so big just because like yo like it's not even about art. Like if you're if you're applying for college, like you know what I mean? Like that's a decision that's made regardless of if you're there or if you really care or not. You know what I mean? Just like so many different things in your life are decided in rooms that you're not in. So like don't be a jerk.
amen to that amen to that and you know that can be a bit like intimidating to think about like i know a lot of people can you know are, are can feel anxiety around that right you know like especially when this is like your creative output this is like your baby this is like this is something that you're putting your heart and your soul and your imagination into and i was just curious like you know, obviously the topic of mental health in the space has been an important one. And it's been one that we've been talking a lot about, uh, especially on season two of the NFT Now podcast. And like, you know, as an artist who is continually putting yourself on the line and doesn't necessarily have full control over all of the pieces that are going to fall into place, um, and especially against the backdrop that we've, we, that we've spoken to, like, how do you stay grounded in the space? And how do you kind of chart that path forward from a place of health? Yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting you just said that because I feel like I've been talking about about it a little bit more on my own personal channels, less specifically like take care of your mental health. Like I, I haven't like delivered that messaging exactly. I try to do it in like ways that will help you outside of just hearing check on your mental health. Like, hey, did you eat lunch today? You know what I mean? Just like stuff like that. But like, also trying to give a big shout out to artists because I think that a lot of people don't really understand this about being an artist. If you're not an artist is they think that you just get to have fun and make art all day. And I definitely like used to get that approach a lot from people like early on in my career and just sort of like, Oh, what do you have to complain about? You're making art all day and all this stuff. But like, being an artist is hard because there's a huge emotional tax on that. Like you're literally putting like the depths of your emotions, like onto, you know, a screen and um, you're, you're putting it out there for anybody and everybody to decipher however they wish, you know, and that's extremely emotionally taxing on artists, right? Like that's really hard. One, it's really hard to do, but then, sometimes it's hard to deal with the responses that you get from it, right? Whether it be like negative, positive, or a lack of responses, like all of those things are, they're different, they're different, they're different emotional things that you need to go through. You know what I mean? Like, you know, of course, someone's being negative on your art, like, you know, that might make you feel sad, for instance, right? Some people may not respond, you may feel like, you know, insignificant right but even dealing with like the success behind your art can also be difficult right and um i don't know i just i've been thinking about that a lot lately um and just like trying to give more artists grace in that right just like understanding that like this is difficult you know like being an artist is inherently difficult you know um and I will, I'll even like take a step further and say like, it was not something that like I was taking very seriously even last year, you know? I think that I was going through a really difficult time last year, just again, sort of understanding what my success means in the scope of like, you know, how does the community see me now? You know what I mean? Like how do other people view me now as an artist and, you know, just even watching people that I felt close to in the past, not be as close or warm to me, like after certain like milestones and stuff like that, you know? And it was something that like, I hit like 
two really hard burnout points last year, right? I think one in like August and one in December, you know? And um, like I said, it was something that like I wasn't taking that serious, but it's been something that like has been on the forefront of my mind a whole lot more this year, you know? And just like being uncompromising, to like my own health and my own vision and just like saying no to the things that I don't have space for, you know? Um, but yeah, actually like, just thank you for bringing that up just because I think it's important for artists to, to understand their own like mortality, right? Like I think that we always try to push through, push through, push through, but like sometimes you need to take a step back, you know? 100%, 100%, man. And, uh, you know, I think a lot Sorry, of, that a lot, no, that was great. <laughs> no, that's, that's the real, that's the real stuff, man. And like, you know, a lot of artists are going through that too. And I think we need to remove the stigma around speaking to mental health issues and the like. And, you know, I think that, that, uh, you know, having conversations like this is, a, is an important step in that. So, um, appreciate you to appreciate you sharing. Um, well, look, we've, we've reached almost the end of the, of the segment. We now have, uh, our final segment, um, it's a bit of a rapid fire segment. It's called bullish or bearish. We just go through a few different things and uh, Ooh, like different, different topics. And, <laughs> you know, you could let me know if you feel in bullish, bearish, feel free to offer an explanation or if you feel it just stands for itself, you know, but okay. um, let's, let's get it. The first one, bullish or bearish open editions. Bullish. Big time bullish. I like that. Um, bullish or bearish open C. I'm bullish. Um, this one I'll explain. I want to support OpenSea because I feel like, uh, although I don't use OpenSea that much, you know, I do feel like um, they're a foundational piece of our of our of our culture. So I want to see them win, and I don't want to see them lose. And I also don't like some of these other platforms that are popping up. Well, that brings us right on to bullish or bearish blur. <laughs> I'm going to say bearish right now. And one, I'm not like an active blur user, to be honest. And I know that they've done some really cool things and like the airdrops, I think were really cool. Honestly, I'm, I'm very bullish on airdrops, <laughs> but you know, I think that, um, them now, like, doing this loner situation, I think will be very good short term, but long term, I think that that will cause um, some ripples in in our in our culture. So um, I'm, I'm bearish right now, but you know, we'll see. I think we can all agree on being bullish on airdrops. That's something that unites the space, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, we got more airdrops. There it is. There it is. All right. Last one. Last one. Bullish or bearish AI art? Oh, oh, bullish, bullish. Can I say like oxish or something like? <laughs> you know, what's the, uh, it's the next there's level bull? <laughs> yeah, it's next level bull. Like you know, um, I think there's there's I think that like in my time, there's been two big creative revolutions one has been nfts and i think that that will go down in the history books as an art revolution in and of itself the same way that like 
cubism or surrealism is, right? It's going to be a period of art, right? And not only that, like, it's just going to, I feel like, change things fundamentally moving forward, but, like, these early periods, you know, will have a classification in and of itself. The second big art revolution that I think is happening in my lifetime is AI art, and, like, I'm here for it. So, um, super bullish. There it is. No surprises there, but love to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. Andre, my dude. Been such a pleasure chatting with you, man. Thank you for coming on the NFT Now podcast. No, thank you. Thank you. It's uh, like we said earlier, just divine timing, perfect. And um, I don't know. I'm really glad to be here. Glad that we had some time to chop it up. Not in a fast paced environment. You know what I mean? Um, we've, we've got a chance to talk in some really cool places, but it's nice to also talk at home. A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. We get to like no distractions, no mayhem, you know, like right, there's right. not there's not some DJ blasting in our ears. <laughs> I, and, like, I was literally about to say Steve Aoki is not <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, shout out Steve. No, 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 you know, all love to Steve. But no, uh, we were we were at the we were at the same part we were at the same pre Grammys party, you know, and yep. it was uh yeah <laughs> and it was uh it, it wasn't the quietest environment for a conversation, no, no, no. put it that way. <laughs> I love it, dude. Well, look, um, excited for everything you have going. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and uh, look forward to our next conversation. Thank you. So am I. So am I. And that'll be in like two weeks. <laughs> wow. Great conversation with Andre. As always, uh, I loved his points on building during a bear market with the real ones and also hearing about his journey uh, to embracing AI and working it into his animation workflow. Um, Really excited to see all of the new pieces that he has in the works. And I thought his advice for artists who are thinking about integrating AI into their own uh, creative flow uh, was just solid gold. So uh, excited to see what he does next. Speaking of building during the bear, we too are building the future of tokenized media with the Now Network. Um, If you're curious to learn more, head to nowpass.xyz and you can pick up a Now Pass, which is the access pass to the Now Network on OpenSea. Until next time, we will see you next week on the NFT Now podcast.